Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer, and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around. You're in the right place. All right, we've got a great show for you today. Let me just read it straight from their website here. The number one smart home automation software for short-term rentals. We've got James Strong. He's one of the co-founders and the CTO at Rabu. They bring a solution to short-term rentals that is really cool. So, all right, picture this. You've got three different rentals, right? They're vacation rentals. They're on different ends of the town. And actually, you live out in the county. You don't live in town. And suddenly, uh, for whatever reason, you want to change the passwords of all your Wi-Fi routers or change and update the, the, the username and password on those. And maybe you didn't have one originally, but now you want to put one on. Well, you actually have to go out to the property to do that unless you're using Rabu. You can do that remotely. Or maybe your vacation rental tenants come in and they're using your TV and they didn't like your Netflix account. So they signed out of yours and signed into theirs. Okay, and then they left never signing out. And then your next tenants come in and they, out of courtesy, they sign out of someone else's account, but now there's no Netflix. And you're like, hey, I don't have Netflix, but what's, where's the rest of the TV? You can control this remotely again. So this is great stuff. They, you know, and they're not just doing internet and TV. They've got climate control, keyless entry, uh, but they are one of the very few solutions working on the Wi-Fi side. So let's jump right into this. I think James has got a lot of cool things to say. Uh, I love the direction. Also, he's got some really great advice for founders out there when considering building your brand. Kick back, relax, enjoy the show. Well, hey, James, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate, thanks for having me. Uh, It's my pleasure. Glad to have you here. I'm a little jealous. You've got a glass of wine. I do, indeed. I've got a a can of lime LaCroix, so I'm not doing so shabby. And I've got a cup of coffee, but (laughs) I would like to trade. Well, I uh, appreciate you taking the time to join us for the show here. I'm excited to talk about what you're doing. Anything that gets into the realms of combining the physical world, where world, I get kind of pumped up about because I here. think the future is bright. We have scratched the surface. And so I, I believe I'm going to learn a ton from you on this one. So before I go too far into it, why don't we start with the basics? Let everyone know who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. So my name is James Strong. I'm the co-founder and CTO of Rabu. Uh, we are a smart home automation platform for short-term rentals focused on automating rentals in the Airbnb, VRBO, et cetera, market. All right. And so, all right, we have to, we'll, we'll, we'll take it from the big picture and work our way down into it. So straight from the website, number one, smart home automation software for short-term rentals. We know what short-term rentals are. We've actually done quite a few episodes recently in this space. And I think it's kind of a, a popular cultural topic right now in certain cities of talking about the art and the business of, but what is smart home automation software for rentals? Like you automate, doors and doorknobs and things? Yeah. So that's one of the things we automate for sure. Pretty common practice for some of the people in our industry and definitely a a big need of property managers. You know, door locks, thermostats, wireless routers, contact sensors, noise monitors, all sorts of IoT devices that are becoming more and more popular in the space. Mm -hmm. So then let's talk, uh, even extract a little bit further out. So then, you know, we have this automation, we're connecting the physical world and the software world, the big idea or concept that Rabu is coming in and saying, hey, we're going to solve this problem here. So like to, to, at a high level, like really our main objective, what we're looking to solve is creating better guest experiences, better 
better experiences for the guests coming into the units. That's really the end goal here. And a big piece of that for us is, is automating manual processes that property managers are having to do so they can focus more on the guests and then also helping them manage, you know, hundreds of properties at scale so that they can provide an really ideal guest experience for each guest that's staying at their properties. Got it. Okay. And so first off, before we, we get into the next minute, I want to just say, I, I keep going on this tune and I'm so glad you brought it up, creating a better guest experience because you're not selling to the guest. You sell to the property owner. Correct. Correct. And, but you're, but you, what you described was all the way down to the end user. And this is just something fundamentally I think has been lacking in real estate for far too long, and which gets me excited about services like this because you're thinking about that end user in the experience from the start. So I just want to say kudos to that because I think that's, I, I think that's noble. And those are the people who do this well are, are going to win really big. So let, let's talk specifics then. So what's unique about Rabu that you guys are doing that no one else right now is doing? Yeah, for sure. So I think what's unique about us is that we, we, are you know one one of our our, our core values are, are redefining how properties are managed and of course we're doing that through software and uh, I think what's unique to us is that we are our own customer and we are in the industry ourselves you know we started as property managers before we built the software and we built the software that we currently have from the mindset of a property manager. So I think what's unique to us is, is our ability to execute on the software and actually have been in the mindset of our customer. You know, we're not just a bunch of tech guys building a piece of software that we think is going to work for a customer. We started off as a property management company in 2017, grew that business. We ended up building, we ended up building internal solutions to help us operate and grow our, our business more efficiently and effectively. And, you know, the, you know, just earlier this year, launched that technology. And I think that makes us really unique um, and gives us a competitive advantage in the industry. Got it. So uh, do, do, I'm assuming then you stay at all the Airbnbs and VRBOs wherever you travel then too. Oh, of course. Definitely. Are yeah. you, are you able to remove yourself from analyzing how they manage it with all their smart technology? Or do you only stay at places that use your software? You know, I, I stay at both to see, you know, I, li- I like to stay in a mix of properties to see what people are doing and how they're executing on their brand, what types of technologies they're using, what type of, you know, hardware they're using, you know, what what kind of messaging they're using, if they're doing automation, if they're not. So all, all sorts to kind of, you know, see see where the market's at. And it's just uh, really interesting to see where things are going, but uh, kind of a sub about everything is. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. It is super interesting to see where everything's going. I've stayed at a few places where, you know, it was very traditional where like traditional, I guess as traditional as Airbnb can be, <laughs> you know, I walked up and, you know, there's a key box and you, you punch in the code and you get the key and then there's a piece of paper on the counter and it tells you how to you know set things up and, and to do all the things. And then I've stayed at a few others that were, you know, a little bit more automated. I haven't gotten to the point where like they open the door for you or anything like that. Are, are you got your guys? You're but you're able to make that happen. Like you can actually remotely open the door, right? We can, we can remotely unlock the door. Currently, we do not actually open the door for you. But maybe maybe one day we'll see we'll see where everything goes. Hopefully, I mean that is my dream, of course. To you know, as you walk up to the door, door unlocks for you, opens for you, recognizes that you're you know near the unit and knows all of, all of those things. But I think we're a little ways out from that. But yeah. looking forward to see that day happen one one day in the future. It should be possible with fobs, right? You just put the fob in your pocket. I, I think it's I think it's possible through the, you know your your phone at some point. Uh, yeah, if you yeah, yeah. Access, <laughs> I don't know if fobs even necessary. You yeah. Know? 
phone in your pocket all the time. It has your information on it for your reservation. I think it's very, very feasible to think, you know, five years from now or even sooner, you're just walking up to a door. It's opening up automatically for you. So you then, you know, Rabu is like the, the central hub and you're connecting to all these different services. So you connect to both the hardware in the house as well as the, the rental portals, right? Correct. So that that's... That is what our software does. It connects the actual virtual listing and reservation guest information with the you know actual physical home and devices within the home. That's the core uh, idea around our platform. You know, we work we work primarily you know with all the integrations we have. We work with the PMSs. We are not trying to replace um, a PMS system or an OTA. We're merely kind of trying to integrate with them. You can kind of think of us. Um, as the Zapier kind of between the physical home and the PMSs and OTAs. Right. So then like, so you're connecting to Airbnb so that you have like the guest information, so to speak, or like the, you know, bookings and all that, that maybe you, you talk with and coordinate with Guesty, who's been a, a guest on our show. Yep. And then you're providing like an additional on top of both platforms there. Yeah, absolutely. Correct. That's very cool. I love it. So then what, what are some of the immediate reasons that you're hearing back from people who are using Rabu? Like what are the most tangible reasons they're saying, Hey, we're using this because I, I definitely think one, one of our, you know, advantages is is our platform is, is actual true automation and, and I, I guess mm-hmm. that that words that's a that's a really big buzzword in the industry right now saying that you automate things um, and people use that term you know in a lot of different ways to mean a lot of different things with with our platform everything is truly automated where you are not having to come into our system do a ton of configuration you know re-add or reset up a bunch of your listings from the the, the moment you connect the PMS and you connect to your actual, you connect the hardware in your physical home into our platform, we actually immediately begin performing automations on all of your devices, auto assigning codes, you know, if any any type of, and really it gets into really big competitive advantage again is the fact that, you know, we started off as a property management company. So most importantly, we understand all the edge cases, you know, around running a property management company and the operations around it on a day-to-day basis. And we, within our automations, we've accounted for a lot of those. There are some other solutions out there that, you know, maybe they'll auto assign a guest code, but upon a reservation alteration or cancellation or extension, you know, the property manager is having to go back in and, you know, reassign that code or rechange it. Well, well, you know, us being property managers, we understood that that was a thing that we didn't want to have to deal with if that ever happened because it's a pretty common use case. You get right. a guest day of checkout, they ask, you know, either sometimes after they, their, their scheduled checkout, they want to extend. Well, we don't want to have to come in and do additional work to, to, you know, account for that within the platform and, you know, all the operations behind it. So we like to think, you know, our, our customers really like the fact that we are truly doing automation for you and optimizing, you know, all the hardware in your units at all times. And then definitely uh, our customer service, that's always being there for the customer, helping them, you know, get set up, providing real kind of expertise around which hardware is the best hardware for them. Because we've been through it too, you know, we've, we've dealt with, you know, having to, having to figure out what the best hardware is, having to fi- figure out how to, uh, you know, deal with certain situations. And I think that's a, a big advantage of ours. Yeah, that, that's so interesting. You talk about, uh, it might be like, uh, because, you know, specifically in this side of the industry, a lot of talk about automation. I feel like there's also a lot of, you know, right now we're, we are seeing uh, maybe an abuse of certain buzzwords, AI being one of them, you know, uh, automation. Uh, absolutely. I mean, no way it automates anything. What is it doing for you? <laughs> it's
it sounds like you're giving me more work if I have to do it manually. And I'm not interested in that. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, you know, and it, it depends, you know, so, sometimes it is automation. I think, I think where it gets blended use is when it comes to, you know, automating actual real physical tasks. I think, I think from a, a virtual and software perspective, there is a lot of, you know, automated things to send out alerts, to schedule certain things, but there is a piece where we're bridging the gap between the actual physical world and the virtual world of these things. And when you talk about, you know, actually automating the management of, you know, property management, the management side of things, I feel like, you know, bridging that gap is really important. And, and when you use the word automation for actual physical management, it's important to actually be, you know, automating things. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So let's let's talk about something here. I, I read this on, on your site. You guys talk about the spare bedroom market. And it seems like a little bit of, you know, explaining and sharing like what the potential opportunity is. What is the spare bedroom market? How do you define that? The spare bedroom market is, you know, all of these uh, rooms and houses where people are, you know, not utilizing their, you know, extra rooms that they have available that are within their houses. And I think there's there's a big market there. So how, how many, have you guys like uh, come up with any estimations of, is it just how many houses have a spare bedroom or how many spare bedrooms might be available in the US? I, I personally don't know off the top of my head. I think there's there's a big market to be had out there, but I'm I'm not sure myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I we always have a spare bedroom because we, we've always, you know, my wife and I, we always want to host people or have people over. So we, we do keep a spare bedroom, you know, and it's been like, I never thought about it, honestly. Like we want, like we've talked about having, uh, becoming a you know an Airbnb, but then you know we have a dog, so he's not always friendly to new people. So we're like, that's a bad idea. But I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, there's got to be when you just start thinking of from that perspective, just from spare bedrooms, not even whole units, the opportunity for something like this, especially you know automating, say the the back door goes into the the guest suite, so to speak. You know, yeah. you don't want to have to wake up at ten thirty at night and welcome the person in the house. You want to be able to have them be able to just get to where they're going and be a nice and seamless thing. Because if it's in the spare bedroom and you don't have some sort of method of letting someone in or checking them in or checking them out or you know that kind of, that could create some, you know, not, not so great experiences for the, for, the, for the traveler or for the tenant, so to speak, as well as you as the host. Like it just makes experience that much better. Yeah, definitely. Or even, I mean, some, some of the, the units that, that, you know, we've, we've managed have had, you know, separate back entrances to a room that's completely blocked off from, you know, the main primary residence. That's a, that's a good use case or a detached garage, you know, that's where we started was, you know, above a, above a detached garage. And, you know, those are, those are great opportunities to make some extra income for sure. Yeah. I love it. So how do you guys make money? Where, where do you, where does your monetization model fit in here? You know, of course it's, you know, of course software's, you know, not free comes with us. You know, we have a standard kind of SaaS subscription model and that's, that's really where we make our, our money. And, and so, on the, on the site it says 30 bucks a month how many how many listings can i have how many properties so it's it's 30 bucks a month per property and that's that's not that's not including what what we consider grouped listings okay uh, per like physical unit itself. Got it. um, and so we help account for and don't charge for, you know, if you have uh, unit A and unit B, but unit C is some combination of unit A and B, unit C doesn't come in an additional cost. You just okay. tell it that it, is, it belongs to both of these. So we call those group listings. They're becoming more and more popular as the industry kind of grows. But yes, $30 a month per property, unlimited devices. So we don't charge per device. You know, you could have, you'd have 58 different device types or 10 locks, three thermos 
thermostats. We don't charge per device. And then an unlimited number of automations. So all of our automations work on your unit at all times. Wow. So you know, and we, we, we wanted to be, we wanted to have a really honest pricing model. We didn't want to charge a percentage of booking revenue and make it all confusing and complicated of what that actually meant. Was it net income? Is the cleaning fee included in that, et cetera? So yeah. we, decided, we wanted just true, honest, flat pricing of $30 a month. And we very well believe and know ourselves that it is worth that per month to not have to deal with things on a daily basis. You know, if you're dealing with a lock lockbox or, uh, you know, even, even uh, you think about if you have internet go down and you have to go out to a unit or send someone out to a unit just to unplug it and plug it back in, or, you know, you have someone that, that forgot to put the key back in the manual lockbox and you have to send someone out there once, or you get a smart lock that you can't unlock remotely and the guest may be confused about how to operate it. You either got to send a locksmith out there or you got to send someone out there that, you know, that happens one or two times in a month. That's well worth the $30 a month to not have to worry about that ever yeah. again. I mean, honestly, like you're saying, like if you even bucks an hour is, is not a whole lot of money on a per hour basis. So if it saves you one hour, not and that doesn't even account for the additional value you just you you create for your unit, how much more you might be able to get on return because you get better reviews, because you get better ratings on the experience. I mean, Absolutely. it seems like a pretty low cost. One story that stands out in my mind, I, I've always thought about this. It's just so funny. Is uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the Bigger Pockets podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Brandon Turner's telling a story of like how he, he had a tenant. I think it was an Airbnb. They were like short term. You know, they, they they tried it out, and for them, it wasn't the right business. But he had a, a smart lock, but you had to punch in the key code, and the tenant couldn't get in. I mean, they tried and tried and tried. And he's like, gets on the phone, tries to walk him through it. Finally, he has to like drive, and he's already out of town and like rush over there and it's a terrible time at night or whatever. They just didn't hit the, like the pound sign. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> or the unlock button, you know, it was working. They just weren't hitting the unlock button. For sure. I'll trust. And you know, that's, that's, I've, I've been there too. You know, we, we bootstrap the property management side of things. We were first getting started and I've been out to the units at two in the morning to let a guest in. When I knew the code worked, I knew it was working, but they, you know, they just couldn't figure it out. Um, time because you know it was you know maybe not the right hardware etc or you know they weren't pressing the check mark and didn't understand so yeah definitely definitely understand that so is there any particular type of rental that makes the most sense for something like this is it apartment single family or are you able you seeing that it works across the board of whether it's in a high rise you know it's a condo unit that's being you know used as an airbnb or whether it's a single family home out in the burbs yeah so so primarily our customers right now are single family homes um, and single family rentals. We work best for that as well as, you know, we can't multifamily as well. I, I, you know, we're still, we're still kind of exploring whether or not we want, we like are going to be able to support, you know, full hotels, like kind of the standard model of hotels, but definitely some of the, you know, like stay Alfred's, um, that are getting into kind of the more of the multifamily home where they're taking over floors of the building yep. and there are multiple access points. You know, we, we support, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But as far as like what doesn't work, what doesn't work for us are probably rentals where you have owners living in them temporary, where they are renting them out, you know, on the weekend and aren't there during the week. We, we work mm-hmm. best because we are an automation platform at homes that are, you know, full-time short-term rentals. 
or rentals in general. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. I, I, and actually, I've only ever had one experience, but where where we uh, rented a, a place and the owner had another place that they could you know crash on the couch when they rented out their house. Yeah, I was I was like I always thought that that's got to be a funky way to live because I'm like I'm not so sure about that man. Like you're just gonna up and leave your whole live like do you pack away your life? <laughs> like what are you doing there? But. Anyway, I thought that was, um, okay, that makes sense. So, all right, so you have to have a pretty good insight as to the most advanced like city or region when it comes to vacation rentals. Who do you think is on the forefront? What what region is getting it right? You know, I think I think there's there's definitely some interesting stuff going on with that. I think a lot of the, the bigger players, the Lyrics, the Stay Alfreds are really interested in this. I think a lot of it is all so new though. We haven't seen anyone that's, or in any region, region really that that's that's a huge standout that's that's really uh kind of leading the way mm-hmm. in this whole smart home automation aspect i really can't think of i think everyone's interested in it everyone wants it but we're still really really early on from figuring out or seeing someone do it really really well that gets recognized for it do you think that the, it's going to be tough like do you see this as a hurdle for you like you know property owners and even you know full-on super hosts have to learn how these systems work in order to adopt them? Like, is that a hurdle to you? Or are people picking up on, you know what, I'm going to try out this tech because I think it might make my business better? Well, I don't, and from our perspective, from a software perspective, I I don't think it's much of a hurdle to, for anyone to pick this up and say, you know, do I have to learn how this works? Because really you just connect your, you know, you connect your PMS or OTA, you install the hardware, you onboard your unit into our system. System and everything just goes. There's no, there's not really much learning to be in besides understanding what the automations are, how they're happening. It kind of takes care of everything for you. Got it. Yeah. And, and that, that probably then speaks to the product. I mean, I, that, and that's a great thing. It, you know, it's going to probably be harder to find the right deal. <laughs> then it's going to be to set up some some really nice automation inside the home because it's shopping for deals right now is pretty tough. But it sounds like you, you guys have tried to remove as much friction from the process as possible and getting set up, for sure. you know, which then extends down to the experience. And I, I love that. So are you guys just staying with inside the U.S. or are you also expanding and, and going outside the U.S.? Yeah, so it's it's crazy, actually. So so we actually already have expanded outside of the U.S. We, we uh, just onboarded a client in Toronto, and we've also gotten a lot of traction from outside of the U.S., um, from all sorts of different regions, and we're able to support that, which is great. You know, it kind of, uh, it's interesting as you start to kind of explore the smart home market in different regions outside of the U.S., you have to understand that, you know, things run on different frequencies. There's different support in different regions. And you got to understand and be able to integrate with the hardware in different regions of the world because it's not all the same. You, know, you, you think, you know, you go to a website, you see that, oh, this lock, you know, from the U.S., you're like, oh, okay, this lock probably works everywhere. Well, that's not actually the truth. And, and it's 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 more interesting to, to learn about the different types of, let's say, doors, for example, that are kind of the standard door you know, outside of the U.S., uh, we've got a lot of a lot of interest from Spain, and, and they use completely different types of doors, which require completely different types of locks than a lot of the standard doors that you'd find in the U.S. Or you know, you start having to think about sliding doors, et cetera, different types of things like that. It's it's interesting to see. I, I literally have never thought about that. <laughs> 
<laughs> the only thing I've ever been familiar with is that uh, Europe has different plugs, ain't eh? they? Have different outlets. They do have. Yep, that's this is also true. They have. So they I can see that outlets. any anything has to actually plug into the wall. Hardware has got to be a little bit different. But I never thought about doors and locks. That's a little bit further than but I would have taken. Well, Spain, you know, they don't have they don't have a lot of you know standard HVAC systems. So they're using radiators, and so there's smart radiators out there. Oh, okay, all right. It's a different type of setup. You know, you think about you know New York apartments. Well, it's not always you know you're not always able to wire up you know an, an Echo B or one another you know smart thermostat. You've got to you've got to be able to interact with the air conditioning unit that's in the window. It's lots of different situations out there. That sounds like a, a pretty easy challenge for you guys. <laughs> Sounds like an engineering nightmare, but I mean, I'm glad that you guys are taking that on and working on that. So what's been some of the, what, what's been a catalyst to your growth? I mean, yeah, people are, are, are looking for this and, and people want to make more money with their short-term rentals. So they, you know, they want it to be a cool spot or have a unique piece to it. But this is a space that is, is competitive right now. I'm noticing more and more services that are trying, like you said, saying they automate or saying they can make this stuff, whether it's coming from the hardware providers or other software. So what's been helping you guys achieve the growth that you've had so far? Yeah, I think def- definitely the expertise that we have in the market, for sure. The simplicity of our platform has helped a lot. The ease of use, the ease of onboarding, the you know all of the systems that we connect and integrate with. I definitely think that that's, that's helpful. The amount of hardware devices and types that we support is helpful as well. So we're not always having to tell, you know, customers to go, they have to go buy an entirely new set of hardware. They have to replace everything. And also the fact that we use a lot, a lot of the products that we currently use are, you know, something you can go pick up from a Best Buy or, you know, some, some sort of um, technology store. They're not, we don't have, we don't have a bunch of custom hardware that we have. These are, these are things that are available to the public. Got it. And then what do you think is going to take you guys to the next level? Is it just more of the same or you have some, uh, some, some secret strategies that you're employing on the marketing side? Well, if I had secret strategies, I definitely <laughs> wouldn't be talking about them. And, and <laughs> But definitely more of the same. And, you know, you know, just being able to, you know, integrate with more and more, you know, PMS and OTA systems, the partnerships that we're working on behind the scenes and, you know, our ability to execute on software and really bring everything into one central ecosystem. You know, we, we had we had to build a lot of the, you know, kind of the, the lock automations and things. And there are there are quite a few competitors out there doing that stuff. But we have much, much bigger ideas and things that we want to expand upon and things that we're working on that are in the pipeline to bring really, truly all the physical, you know, management aspects of the property into one system itself. One yeah. unique thing that we do that a lot of other kind of automation systems out there don't do is, is Wi-Fi management as well. We're also about to launch some uh, TV management um, as well to be able to provide guests a better kind of hotel TV experience. What does that mean, Wi-Fi and TV management? Like you control the channels that are available? Yeah, so per, so so to speak to Wi-Fi management, allowing property managers to be able to monitor and manage their wireless networks remotely, being able to spin them up and down when guests are and aren't there, being able to segment them and multifamily homes so that, you know, they're on a secure network like you would like to be at a hotel, being able to, you know, allow 
property managers to have uh, captive portals, collect guest information for remarketing purposes, et cetera, you know, to be able to send guests to once they connect to the Wi-Fi helpful kind of uh, pages about, you know, maybe a check-in guide or guidebook, something along those lines. And being able to monitor that remotely, that, that's really a big piece that, uh, that you know, uh, you haven't really seen much. It was a problem we encountered. I mean, you think about, you know, you manage in the short-term rental market, especially the single-family home market, you know, you're going to have, say you have 40 properties, well, you're going to have 40 ISPs, you're going to have 40 routers. And say one day you want to be able to change every network name and password at once. Well, you have no choice right now but to go out to all 40 units and change those manually. So our solution allows you to do that all from one place at once in one place. I don't even want to do that if I have three units, let alone 40. And then, you know, it's interesting from a data perspective, what you're able to do to, you know, monitor number of connected devices. Um, And, you know, that kind of can add another layer onto, you know, some of this to detect, you know, this kind of occupancy detection stuff that we've, we've seen starting to grow with, you know, noise monitoring, motion detection, et cetera. Being able to see the number of connected devices at the unit as well allows you to get a more accurate read on those types of things. Yeah, because, you know, I, I spent a year living in Nashville. Nashville is a hot destination city right now. Oh, yeah. Tons of Airbnbs. The city is trying to write regulations on regulations on regulations, squeezing Airbnbs as much as possible. And I'm not really so sure why. I don't know how much they get paid by the hotel industry. I'll go on record and say that. Hotel industry <laughs> coming after Airbnbs. I'll be that guy. But it's true. Let's let's not beat around the bush on that. But, you know, one of the things that I talked to a few people who run Airbnbs in the area is they... They put in the rules no parties, like no no big parties, because it's known for the bachelor and bachelorette parties. Like there's bachelorette parties, especially every single day of the year. I mean, there's not a day you can't go down Nashville and see, you know, there's a bachelor party running around the city. So, you know, they, they, they ran out some of the homes and, and you're, you're right. I mean, some of them probably book a four bedroom and squeeze in 12, 15 people. <laughs> You know, party style. So then that's what you're saying as far as like the occupancy, making sure that it's not unsafe levels or they're not hosting parties that have been prohibitive. You know, that way they at least adhere to maybe neighborhood rules or local ordinances that might be in place. Yeah, absolutely. And that that. I think that combined with, with, you know, noise monitoring, you know, if, if you're a property manager out there and you're listening to this podcast, sure, sure everyone has heard of Noise Aware. They do a great job with what we, you know, what they do from a hardware perspective. We're working on integration with them right now. But being Very able cool. to combine all those things together give us a really accurate read on, you know, everything in one place. It's really interesting, you know, to, to, you know, be able to have that stuff on record and, and, you know, be able to be able to truly manage your physical property without having to be there. Oh, that's so good. That's what gives the the property managers a little bit of life back. <laughs> so they're not babysitting all day long. I love it. That's so great. Is there, is there one story you can share about something that you guys have tried that you figured out quickly, hey, this isn't going to work? Or maybe uh, you had an idea and you pivoted away from that? Yeah, ab- absolutely. So I've actually had two ideas come to mind immediately. One, when we were, when we were starting off and we, you know, we started off as a property management company, as I've mentioned, and we started uh, you know, when we were first trying to, to raise capital and really get this thing off the ground and get this thing going, we, we, we you know, were getting more properties. We launched you know, our brand. We launched our website. We were attempting to be a brand in the industry, you know, similar to, you know, what Stay Alfred is is doing, what Sonder is doing, what Domeo is doing, what Nito is working on, and like, you know, becoming a 
a recognized brand in the industry. And, you know, while we were building that brand, we, we also started building our, our internal, you know, technology. And we realized, you know, we didn't, we didn't want to, we didn't necessarily want to be the front facing brand. So we shifted from that mm. to being the technology provider hopefully one day for those brands that can kind of power them on the back end. And so being the brand really didn't, didn't, what wasn't working out for us as far as being able to raise capital in Charlotte, it's not the easiest thing to do. And so we started, we pivoted and started, you know, selling the, we were, when we were building the technology internally, we were in trying to ra- in raising capital, we were, you know, attempting to raise the barrier to entry for ourselves to be able to become who we were becoming. We were saying, yeah. you know, we've built this technology internally. It's now harder to become us. Um, and after getting told no enough times, you know, we realized, hey, maybe this isn't the way to approach this. Let's actually, you know, flip the script. Instead of raising the barrier to entry, let's lower the barrier to entry, release our internal solutions out to the world and let them use it and, you know, pitch, pitch our company that way. And that's how we ended up pivoting into, you know, a software company for sure. Mm-hmm. The second example that I can think of is, um, you know, of something that, that has not worked for us are definitely, you know, from being property managers and growing that business, some of the hardware solutions that we've, we've picked, we picked initially and pivoted from. Um, and I think that's an interesting perspective right. to have from, you know, it's, it's interesting. There's some really like cool technology out there from a locks perspective or thermostats perspective or, um, you know, media streaming solutions that are really, really cool if you know how to use them. Right. Um, and being property managers and, you know, getting feedback from guests, we realized really quickly, hey, as nice as, you know, let, let, I'll use an example here. That's a, that's a little bit bigger of a company, but let's, you know, Apple TV, for example, fantastic interface, works really well. But for guests, no one knows how to use the remote of an Apple TV. No one gets it. No one gets it. You can swipe that it has to be charged, that it's, you know, it has to be pointed at the TV to work. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. It's a pain. It, it, absolutely. And it just, from, from a guest experience perspective, it's, it's not a good experience. No. So that, you know, so, so we, you know, we realized that after the fact and we switched to Roku's because Roku works really well. They have a really good interface and their remotes are really simple. They take double A's. Everyone knows what a double A is. Boom. Everyone knows how to replace double A's. I love, you know what, this can, you like some of the stuff you can just trace back to what you're saying about like lowering your barrier to entry. And while you're, you know, improving on the tech experience and the, and the service and, and overall feel of the rental, you're not, you're not trying to make the tenant suddenly have to learn a whole bunch of technology to get the benefit. Like just thinking through down to like the battery per, you know, thing on the Apple TV. I've never had an Apple TV personally. I've seen them. I've used one or two probably at other friends' houses, but I can personally relate to you. If I picked up the Apple TV remote and it didn't work, I wouldn't know. What am I, what, what do I do now? Go find a charger. I don't have a charger for this. I don't have one. I don't even have a TV. So, you know, it's a little bit different, but those are great examples. And I, and I dig the, um, the pivot that you, you kind of talked about with the branding. I mean, being a marketing guy, there is so much time, effort, and mass amounts of money usually into building a household brand. It is hard. At the end of the day, most people will never care about anything you say. I mean, it's so hard to really genuinely build that brand and connect. So I think that's probably a really valuable lesson for any founder listening to this that thinks that that's what they want to be. You know, maybe take a step back and reconsider that because it is an expensive and difficult road to travel. That's for sure. It 
it absolutely it, it's expensive to get that awareness. You've got to raise all that awareness, and it's 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 really it, it's tough to do. And kudos to yes. everyone out there in in this industry doing that right now. Mad, you know, mad respect. I think that you know they're doing a great job at it. The ones that are you know really you know get, becoming more and more well known, they're they're doing a fantastic job. It's just not it's not from from you know what we're experts in internally as a team. We're better at building software and building solutions for those people who want to go out and figure out that problem. That's not the problem that we wanted to solve. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to solve a different problem. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. I want to touch on one thing. So, I mean, you kind of talked about it, like you had to go through and raise some money. You guys have raised a little bit of money to get up to where you're at. Did you first, you, you first started off bootstrapped, but then you raised some money, right? What, what, what was the reason for raising money after you got up and running with boot, bootstrapping? So we wanted to, so we, we, we originally, you know, again, started off as a property management company and we wanted to, we wanted to continue to, we got to a point where we found that, you know, it could be a, a profitable business venture and we wanted to um, accelerate the growth and expand and really impact this industry and change things. And in order to do that, we needed to, we felt like we needed to raise some capital. And mm-hmm. so we pursued that and accomplished that so that we could really build these, the, this software solution and get it out there into the world so that we could change the way that properties are managed for to, you know, at the end of the day, create better guest experiences. Very cool. And, and, you know, I've been talking to a handful of people also, like I said, you know, I don't know what it is. It's actually totally by chance. I think last uh, two months, we've had several guests from the short term rental space. And I've spoken with a few other companies and people raising money in that space. And so I want to talk about just the short term rental space. We're seeing a lot of money come come into it now, you know, as well as the rest of real estate tech. Why, Why do you think now though? I mean, Airbnb is been around long enough to where the awareness has been there that there's big opportunity in the space. But why is it so much so recently that there's so much money being looked at and poured into this this space, whether it be the automation or amenities or even how people, you know, list and market these properties. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think like the time is right for for us from what from a perspective of what we're doing from, you know, home automation for rentals right now. The time is absolutely right. I mean, in 2017, you know, we started it our starting grow our PM business, learn the ins and outs of that, learn the operational pain points. Um, I think that year, Nito also landed a $200 million, pretty significant. In 2018, uh, Sonder, Domeo, Stay Alfred all raised really significant rounds. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning of this year, you know, we launched our tech platform really close to the time Airbnb announced its, I think, $160 million investment into Lyric. And I think all of these players in the industry are really, really interested in, you know, smart home technology and solutions to do what, what we've been talking about this whole time, which is creating better guest experiences. And they also want to automate, you know, their their manual processes and, and you know, to, to, you know, keep their overhead low. So, as I've heard you talk about in other podcasts, and I agree, you know, margins are tight in the property management business. And um, if you can, you know, automate some of those processes, which this is a very automatable business, um, I believe the future of it is, you know, I think it, the time is right for us to do that. And then, you know, with the with uh, the market estimated to have 15 million listings in 2020, I mean, we're, you know, right there, right, right on time to, you know, really help kind of shape and mold this 
kind of smart home industry that that for rentals that is growing. That's amazing. And I think I, you know, I just, I, I align with you right now. I just feel, I feel the exact, exact same thing, you know, mostly in real estate, we are just in an extraordinary moment in time where tech and real estate coming together, we are seeing tectonic plate shift movements as, as I describe them. And, uh, I hope I don't look like a fool by saying that in a few years, <laughs> but I, I feel like this is, we are still in some areas. It's just still so early. And, uh, I think the time is right. So I, I totally align with you on that one. Well, let's let's shift a little bit here because this is going to take us right into the next segment, which is my favorite part of the show. It's a game I like to call For the Future. Uh, so For the Future is a segment where I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. James, are you ready to play? I, I am ready, mate. All right, here we go. I'm ready. Question number one, what does Rabu look like one year from now? Really, really good question, Nate. I think one year from now, I see us being a completely hardware agnostic automation platform where we are handling all physical aspects for property managers and also for the bigger brands, most likely integrating into their guest facing solutions for uh, their company, enabling them to, you know, truly provide these better guest experiences and, and leverage these IoT devices that we're helping manage from within the home. All right. Question number two, what does the housing market look like one year from now? So I'm not a real estate expert, but I think the housing market is going to continue growing. I think from a rental perspective, it's going to keep growing as projected. Um, and we're going to continue to see growth in you know short-term rentals. I would hope that we start to see houses become a big part of the sharing economy, similar to all these line bikes and owl scooters and everything we've seen out on the streets or Uber, all these things that we're now starting to share. I hope homes and I think smart smart home technology and IoT devices can really help with this, but I hope that they start to become these kind of fluid things that people can be in and out of easily. Hmm. I've got some follow-ups on that, but we'll save that for another okay. show. <laughs> Question number three, what's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? Okay. This one, I definitely would, I have, I have something that comes to mind from a property management and manager with my property manager hat on essentially coming from the, the, the booking sources that are out there right now. I think there's a lack of guest verification on some of these platforms and Mm -hmm. would love to see that. Uh, become stronger as we, you know, move forward. But I'm not, I'm not sure that we'll be able to do that easily. I think there'll need to be something interesting to happen there to have that go away completely. You know, I, I, I think that's a really interesting point because this has always been, this has always been at some of the topic of, of, of short-term rentals, especially with Airbnbs of who, how do you know who everyone is, who they say they are? I mean, that's a, I think it's an important question to ask, you know, how do how do you know who they are? And uh, that's a really good point to bring up. It sounds like you don't want to call anybody out. So I'll leave it at that. I think, and to, to add to that a little bit, like my, my thoughts on it are, I think, I think one, there's a couple of ways you could approach this. One could be, you know, something like the ring doorbell where you're able to do some sort of facial detection, that kind of stuff. I know that's really scary to people right now. And but, San Francisco. Yeah, and, yeah true. Well, <laughs> kind of. They said facial recognition, totally different than ring doorbells, but sure, I'm well, playing devil's advocate here. So are rentals under 30 days right now, but you know, in, <laughs> in some places. But 
Yeah, that's a way. Uh, Moving here. We don't want to beat a dead horse here. Um, so question number four, what's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? Definitely, I think the amount of people that are required to run a property management business. I think you can, I think as we advance in technology and automate true automation, the number of people required to actually physically manage and handle the properties will become less and less. You know, we've, we've got a lot of things out there right now that are helping with that, but I think, you know, overhead will get much lower as we move forward. Uh, right there, bingo. Couldn't have said it better myself. We're going to move on to the last three. James, these are questions more about you so our listeners get to get to know you. Question number one, what are you reading? Okay, so I, I just started reading Blitzscaling by Reed Hoffman. Mm. Popular book, but literally just picked it up a few days ago and started reading it. Really Based on the first few pages, would you recommend it? Ab- absolutely. Uh, really good advice there, for sure. Awesome. Question number two, who are you learning from? So I think at our company, we have a really good culture of learning from our teammates, especially, you know, my, my co-founder, uh, Amir, who's our CEO. Um, I've been working with for six years. We're, you know, like brothers to each other. So learn from him a lot, learn from a lot of our teammates. And that's, you know, we're around him every day. So that's that's who I primarily am learning from. Very cool. And uh, the last, number three of the last three, what inspires you? One, the fact that I am not going to stop until I build something that absolutely changes an industry and the world. Mm-hmm. And two, the, the amount of change that's happening in this industry right now and the opportunity that that's bringing to the surface uh, for us to really make an impact in, uh, you know, real estate, the short-term rental market, all of those things. And I mean, that, you know, uh, that, that makes me wake up every morning really excited to go into work and work on solving these problems. Yeah, that's very cool. I love it. James, it's been great. I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing about Rabu, what you guys are working on. It's interesting. I think I can, I can see immediately how this would make some Airbnbs more fun, a better experience all the way around. And I think just the the general, uh, you know, better management. Um, I think it's it, it just makes everything better for everybody. So I love it. If people want to connect with you or learn more about Rabu, where do they go and how do they do that? Yeah, so the easiest way to connect with me would be on LinkedIn, uh, James Strong. You can look me up on there and add me as a connection. Would love to connect. And as far as connecting with Rabu, that would be, you know, easiest way is via our website. Uh, that's rabbu.com. We have an intercom chat bubble that sits in the bottom right of our screen at all times. We are available 24-7 to chat with and would love to talk. Very awesome. Well, cool, man. Well, thank you so much for your time and uh, keep me posted on on updates and, and big developments with you guys so uh, we can continue this conversation. And I don't know, maybe we'll see you around at some point. I'm sure I get around a little bit. So hopefully I'll see yeah. you at an event. We'll get the chance to sit down and have a drink. But uh, until then, you can, uh, I'll cheers my LaCroix to your wine. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. All right, man. Catch you later. Talk to you later, Nate. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Nest podcast. Hey, don't forget, you can get on the email list. You never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.